Hey, everybody, this is episode 14 of Artist Soapbox. Hello, and welcome to Artist Soapbox, a podcast featuring artists from the Triangle region of North Carolina talking about their work, their plans, their manifestos. I am Tamara Kassain. In this episode, I'm speaking with Rose Worth. Rose is a performer, storyteller, actor, and producer based in Durham, North Carolina. She is a founding partner and stakeholder of Muddlesome. For the last several years, she has performed in shows in North Carolina and across the country with local theater and improv companies. When she is not performing, Rose works as a research analyst at a local nonprofit research institute. No matter what she is doing, her passion is and will always be for telling truth through story. Today we'll get to know Meddlesome, a Durham-based performance and production collective, by speaking with Rose Worth, one of the partners there. We'll hear why they don't consider themselves to be solely a comedy theater, hear about the thoughtful planning that went into the organization and infrastructure of the collective, and learn about Meddlesome's plans for 2018 and beyond. Hi, Rose. Hello. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me here. Meddlesome was one of the winners of the 2017 Indies Arts Awards awarded by Indie Week. Congratulations. Thank you so much. What was your reaction to finding out that Meddlesome was going to be one of these winners? I personally was incredibly happy and also incredibly surprised. Uh, we didn't have any idea that it was coming. And so I saw the email come through the inbox and was honestly just a little bit blown away by the news. It was very exciting. And if you look at some of the other Indie Week winners, you have Blackspace and the Arcana, and it's just very humbling to be given an award alongside those organizations. I have a lot of respect and admiration mm -hmm. for the other Indie Awards winners. You're absolutely in good company, so that's, that is wonderful. What are you hoping, now that you have it, mm -hmm. what are you hoping that the Indie Week Award will do for Meddlesome? I am hoping that people will be interested in our projects. I know that I'm interested in our projects and I think we're doing really good, exciting work and we've been getting some good reviews and people coming out to our shows, but obviously we always want more people to see the work that we're doing, that other artists we're working with are doing. Mm -hmm. And a part of our goal is to have artists want to work with us. So I'm hoping that it gets our name out there to both people who want to come see our shows and people who would want to produce shows and projects with us. Mm -hmm. For listeners who haven't read the article yet, of course, I'll put the link in the show notes. The title of the article in the Indie Week is, With the Comedy World's Toxic Culture on National Notice, Meddlesome is a New Kind of Organization for a New South. It's written by Katie Jane Fernelius. So props to Katie Jane Fernelius for a really great and well put together article. Rose, thus far, Meddlesome has focused primarily on comedy and improv shows, mm -hmm. and the collective is essentially framed that way in the Indie Week article. However, on your website and based on our conversations, mm -hmm. you all seem reluctant to categorize yourselves solely as a comedy theater. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, comedy is one of the things that we do really well. And when we started, we knew that we wanted to create a new space for improv in the Triangle and especially bring improv to Durham in a way that it hadn't been before. Mm -hmm. But that's just one of the things that we know that we can do. Our production team, uh, our stakeholder board, which we can talk about in a little bit, is made up of uh, 
people who obviously have an improv comedy background, but also actors and directors and filmmakers and musicians and storytellers. So when we started having conversations about what we wanted to be and what we wanted to do, improv and comedy was definitely one of those things. That's where a lot of us met each other. But there's also a lot of other things that we want to do. And I personally, I feel like people can get a little bit penned in to one art form or other people can try and put them in a box and mm -hmm. say, you know, you're an actor, you're a comedian, you're a, you know, art artist who paints. But I think that most likely people are more multi-talented and multi-artistic. Mm -hmm. And I know that that's something that I want to explore. And as an organization, that's something that we want to explore. Mm -hmm. I want to uh, circle back to the title of the article mm -hmm. um, because I have a question about that. So, Part of the title is Meddlesome is a New Kind of Organization for a New South. What does New South mean to you all? So the South is a place that has a lot of tradition and I think also a lot of innovation and experimentation. I think it's an exciting place to live and be an artist, but I think that to people outside of the South, they mm. have a very specific thing in mind when they think of what someone from the South is or what art in the South looks like, or I think specifically also what comedy in the South looks like. So one thing we, you know, we, we talked about a lot was that we wanted to promote the bold voices in the South because I think there are a lot of bold voices and kind of take up the tradition of the front porch and storytelling and all of the, the I think sort of mix of excitement and new and tradition that happens in the South and sort of help be a part of the movement that's redefining what that is and mm -hmm. kind of taking hold of Southern identity and really owning it in a way. So mm -hmm. you don't have to be in New York or Chicago or LA or you know other places to produce amazing theater and comedy and arts and shows, you can be in the South and the South is a power and a force in and of itself. Mm -hmm. Wonderful, I love it. You are one of the partners of Meddlesome, uh, Ashley Melzer being the other one, and we'll talk more about this in a bit, but a partner is a leadership position in Meddlesome in charge of the quote big stuff like financial and organizational vision <laughs> all the fun stuff all the big stuff mm -hmm. all the fun stuff how did you come to meddlesome what is your background so my background is mostly in acting and, and musical theater originally did that all growing up and then through college and then when I graduated college I moved to this area and still felt a lot of passion for for theater and and musical theater and performance but wasn't really sure how that was going to translate when you know it wasn't something where I could study it in school or have a lot of free time outside of my job to do it and honestly I would see a play in a musical every week if I, <laughs> if I had the time uh, but I'm also very passionate about my job so as I was moving into the workforce that was a real question for me of what you know, I, I'm not ready to give this up, but I also very much want to uh, pursue my career. I'm a research analyst, do public health criminology, sociology research. And so I knew I wanted to do that, but there's always the voice in the back of my head that said, keep doing theater, keep performing, keep being on stage. You love it. Those are your people. So when I moved to the Triangle area, I came here for work and then found improv as a way that I could mm -hmm. keep performing. That was a new space. I'd always done um, written, staged theater before and had never improvised, never 
thought that that was something that I could do or could be good at, and I absolutely fell in love with it. So I had kind of a big, you could call it a a revelation or just sort of a personal aha moment Mm -hmm. a couple years ago where I realized that I didn't have to give up theater and improv just because I was a passionate about my career and the job that I was doing nine to five, that I could be passionate about both things. Mm. I think I had this idea as a kid that, you know, people you're like, oh, okay, I did musicals in high school or I did a play in college and then I graduated and I became a serious person and, you know, now I <laughs> am just a patron of the arts and I go and see shows. Right. And that never felt like it was going to be enough for me and I think I just finally went like well I don't that doesn't have to be me I can do both I want to do both I can create a space and a life for myself where I can pursue both of my passions and meddlesome has been a way for me to really take hold of that Mm -hmm. and create my own identity and space as as a performer while also having an identity as a as a researcher Mm -hmm. and where did you meet Ashley so Ashley I met doing improv. Okay. She um, was someone that I always really admired, wa- you know, watching her perform on stage. And then also just I, if you've ever met Ashley Milzer and you listen to her talk about what she's passionate about, it's impossible not to feel <laughs> inspired by her and, and impressed by the work that she's doing. So she and I would have a lot of conversations about what we were interested in. And she had been talking for a while about wanting c- to create this artistic collective of people who have strong ideas and passions about projects that they want to produce and finding a way to bond all those people together so that their work promotes each other and Hmm. to have people who are supporting them producing their projects to make their projects really high quality um, and doing all that sort of background work that is hard for artists to do finding venues and some of the production value things all of the you know financials and promotion and all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff so that got me really excited. So when she started talking about meddlesome, I would tell her that I was just wholeheartedly enthusiastic about the idea. Like I said, being around artists is always where I felt the most sense of belonging. Mm -hmm. And so as we were uh, beginning the organization, we we had some public Uh, meetings to decide what the organization would look like, which I can talk a little bit more about. And so I was involved in those as sort of just a member of the community coming and and being interested in this organization. And then we decided that uh, during those meetings that Ashley was going to be one of the main partners and that she would get to choose one of her other partners. And then once there was a stakeholder board, that the stakeholder board would vote for a third. So she approached me and asked me to be her chosen partner in Meddlesome, mm-hmm. uh, and didn't have to think very long about it because mm-hmm. um, I was already really excited about it. So I said yes, and then we've kind of kicked things off from there. Hmm. I spent some time on the Meddlesome website, mm-hmm. and I was really struck by the thoroughness and thoughtfulness that you put into your organizational structure and infrastructure. Meddlesome has an extensive frequently asked questions page, a code of conduct, a student bill of rights, an anonymous reporting option, a project proposal form, and I understand you also have a constitution. How did all of these components develop and why did you feel they were important as you formed the group? It must have taken a lot of time to hammer these out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I mentioned before we had some some public meetings 
because the the idea really originated with with Ashley the idea of this at a high level creative collective of people who are putting on shows under the same banner so at those meetings we talked about our values and what we wanted to put together and I would say there are two two big things that that came across as really important and that led to the creation of some of the things that you see on our website and one is that we wanted to create not only safe spaces but welcoming spaces for artists mm -hmm. and I think that don't have to point to much beyond the current news right now to explain why that's so important. Mm -hmm. So that was always really critical to us. And then the second piece is that we wanted to help artists who had creative ideas be able to put on those ideas, but also maintain creative rights over the projects that they were producing. And that is is how a lot of our sort of our conversations went back and forth around those two things of setting up a good structure to meet those goals. So when we were talking with the performers, there were two organizations that really inspired us and that led to a lot of the creation of those things. The first is the Backroom Shakespeare Company. Mm -hmm. They're a group based in Chicago that we have some connections to and they shared their constitution with us. So we brought that into the meeting and kind of dissected it and talked about what we wanted to borrow from them or other things we wanted to add to make it work for this area. And from that, we took the idea of having a stakeholder board mm. that has checks and balances within the organization so that everyone is supporting each other, but also that it's not just one person who is deciding everything. It's not one person's vision. And anyone can put on a project that the group is supporting. Mm -hmm. So that is how the, the Constitution really took shape. And then the other organization is a company called Image Comics, which I'm not sure if I you're familiar know if with. Know. So you probably know Marvel and DC. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Even I know them, <laughs> yes. <laughs> the big juggernaut comic mm -hmm. organizations. And Image Comics is the third right behind them in terms of big names in the field. And Image Comics was made up of some people who used to work for those organizations. And they decided that, very similar to us, they wanted to create a company where people could maintain creative control and rights to their own comics, mm -hmm. but get all that support that you get from working with a big company. Mm -hmm. So uh, all of the production value and the printing and you know everything that comes from, from sort of latching your wagon onto a larger organization, but without having then that organization take over what you're doing. So you get to still decide what type of printing paper that you use, if you want to have ads in your comic or not, but you know when you're working with someone from Image Comics that you're coming with high quality mm. and that they're also signing on great artists so that type of model where it's beneficial to both people and that kind of every image comic kind of boosts up all the other ones under that brand so a lot of people want to work with image comics for exactly all of those reasons so that was also something that really inspired our model so we did a lot of research into organizations like that borrowed from backroom Shakespeare and went through and created the sort of code of conduct from a couple documents that we found from other theaters and groups. Because again, we wanted to make sure we were creating safe spaces for performers. Whether you're an artist or a performer or an actor, we want you to be excited and feel good about working with us and with the other people that we work with. And then we wanted to be transparent too so that you can see the checks and balances. And again, know that it's not gonna be you know one person who is dominating the vision of the organization. It really is a collective of people mm -hmm. coming together and deciding how 
how the organization is going to look. I love the clarity of this because I think we very often pull together groups of artists and there's an assumption that we're all on the same page about how this is going to go mm -hmm. and then you have some challenges about professional and personal relationships because that clarity is not in place from the start. Right. So this way, you all know going in, this is how we're going to do this. These are the rules. These are the expectations. This is what happens if this doesn't go right. Mm -hmm. These are, you know, if you need um, if you need to follow up, this is how you do it. And so that the brain space that you might need to devote to that is cleared because it's all been taken care of and nobody has any questions about mm -hmm. the, the rules around how this is going to go. And I also find it really fascinating that you all have moved into the position of a producing organization, which is not a role that most people like. Right. People like to make stuff, but they don't like to um, support the structure of the making of the stuff, mm -hmm. if you know what I mean. And so it's incredibly exciting to think that that infrastructure might be in place. Now, you all create as well. Yes. But you do mm -hmm. both. Um, I don't get out much. <laughs> so I haven't seen... I haven't seen the work that you all are doing. Mm -hmm. Can you give us some examples of the projects that Meddlesome is currently working on or some particularly memorable performance experiences? Yeah, absolutely. I would love to. So I'll mention a couple of the projects that we're working on. One is a show called Hush Hush. It is right now, I think, because uh, we're going to be sending this out in January. So it's a weekly show that we do at Full Steam on Wednesdays at 8 o'clock. And it's based off of secrets uh, from people who come to the show or people that are at full steam throughout the week because we leave a box there. Mm. So it's the, the idea of it is the best kept secrets in Durham. So we collect secrets and then the improvisers and actors do improv based off of those secrets in a, in a really exciting way. It's always funny the, the different secrets that people give. Apparently a lot of people are afraid of butterflies. What? Uh, we've gotten that multiple times as a secret that people put in. And also really outlandish stuff. One person said that their parents owned a crematorium that would dispose of bodies for the mob. So just know <laughs> that that person's walking around Durham somewhere. So that's one show uh, that uh, that I am uh, an actor in. So I'm not the, the leader of the, the project, but I get to perform in that, and that's very fun. Some of the other shows that we're producing, uh, one is an improv comedy game show called Wit hmm. that is currently performing once a month in Chapel Hill at the Varsity Theater. show in January is on January 13th. So if this isn't, if, if you're not past January 13th when you're listening to this, mm -hmm. definitely check out that show. And that's led by a local comedian. His name is Greg Phillips, and he organizes these battles between two other local comedians who kind of battle it out on stage to see in a kind-hearted but very competitive way right. who is the funniest. So that uh, kind of goes on in, in seasons and it's really entertaining show to go to. And then one of the other shows that I... I enjoy seeing and, and sort of contributing to and, and helping produce uh, is Golden Age. So, and, and I'm not the, um, 
the sponsor for that show per se. So Mendelssohn, every project has a sponsor from the stakeholder board that helps kind of make sure that the project runs and provides mentorship and all of the other services that we provide artists that we work with. But I help out with the show sometimes because I produce a show that goes on right before it. And Golden Age is a blending of improv and other forms of art. And we try and keep it really community focused. So usually it involves a musician or a band or a, maybe a spoken word artist, a poet, who will come and perform their, their work. And then there's also some blended improv in the show. So the improv is inspired by that person's work and then also by their life and by the stories that they tell. So it's a really fun blending of different forms of art and I think emblematic of the type of work that Meddlesome is excited about producing. So focused on the community, but also focused on showcasing different types of art and how those communities can belong together in in one space. Mm -hmm. You don't have to just be a fan of music or just be a fan of theater or just be a fan of comedy. All those groups can be excited about each other's work. Mm -hmm. You mentioned some meddlesome jargon. <laughs> so <Yes>. sponsors, <laughs> stakeholders, mm -hmm. partners, captains. Would you walk us through the organizational structure and give us a sense of what some of these terms mean for your organization? Yes, absolutely. So uh, kind of going uh, top to bottom, although it's really more of a lateral organization. So there are three partners right now. I mentioned that there were two that were kind of appointed, Ashley and then myself. And then Jack Wrights is the third partner who's voted on by the stakeholder board. So our stakeholder board is about five or six people big at the moment. And the, there's really not a lot of differences between what a partner does and what a stakeholder does. We all make most of the decisions collectively together. It's just that Ashley and Jack and I are also more fiscally responsible for mm -hmm. the organization um, and would you know deal with the taxes and all that kind of really fun stuff. Mm -hmm. But most of our decisions get made at that stakeholder board level. So if you want to work with us, you we have a project form on our website. So you'd fill out a project idea form and also probably talk to us about it at the same time. That usually happens together. So we would look over that project proposal form, kind of decide if it was feasible, if we're excited about it, if they're excited about it, if we have the capacity and the abilities that we need to really make that project shine. And then that project would have uh, a captain is the the name of the person who would be pitching the project so it could be the director of the project it could be an actor or a performer that is in the project but they're saying this is this is the idea that I want to put forth it could even be two people or three people in some cases just the people whose project it is mm -hmm. and then we assign every project a sponsor so that would be one of the stakeholder board members who is best suited to really help that project get on its feet. Mm -hmm. So usually all the members of the stakeholder board will contribute in some way, but the sponsor is your point person who's making sure that you're taken care of in terms of promotion and graphic design and finding a venue and kind of talking through how things are going and giving some of that uh, you know, peer-to-peer -peer mentorship about the project. Mm -hmm. So that is really how the organizational structure works. Projects we usually do in defined periods of time. So then we can pause and say, how did the last six months go? Do we want to do this again? Is there anything we want to do differently? And it gives us that, again, structure so you don't have to think about 
when do those conversations happen and who am I supposed to be going to and how does this all work? So mm -hmm. sometimes we do put on our own projects, but we'll still have that kind of structure of, you know, there's a storytelling project that I'm in the process of pitching right now. So I'll be the captain for that and then someone else, uh, if we decide to put on the project, which I think it's looking like we will, then someone else will, will help me and kind of give me that feedback. Because even if, you know, even if you've been working for years, it always helps to have another person there. Absolutely. To bounce your creative vision off of mm -hmm. and help you take on some of that structural stuff and the logistics that go behind putting on a show or an idea. Mm-hmm. And I love that that person is defined. Mm -hmm. And that is a, an agreement that you come to together. It's like, we are working on this together. You, me, <laughs> all the rest of you. Because again, I think that can get really muddy. When mm -hmm. we ask people to join us, what are we asking them to do exactly? And mm -hmm. this is just very straightforward. I love, I love that about how you all have set this up. How much time do you think on a weekly basis, and I understand that it could vary, that you spend working on meddlesome um, from, from start to finish. So that could include uh, you performing, but it could also include meetings and other conversations that you're having. Do you have a sense of that? I'd say it's definitely a range. Some weeks are busier than others. Probably somewhere, um, I'd say at the low end, four or five hours to the high end, probably about 20, 20 plus hours. Mm -hmm. It just sort of depends on whether we have an active project going on. And we try to meet regularly as a stakeholder board just to keep the business of the organization going. And it kind of ebbs and flows too with each of us individually what we have going on in our in our personal lives. Mm -hmm. A couple of our stakeholder members just got married to each other. So congratulations. That yes, congratulations to them. Um, and so obviously, you know, they left for their, their honeymoon mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And the rest of us took on more work when they were doing that. So it ebbs and flows. And we try and stay in communication with each other about who's got what going on right now, what's coming up for the month, and who's going to do where, so that we're having those conversations. And again, it's not an assumed, muddied situation. Mm -hmm. In the Indie article, uh, it mentioned, I'm going to read this quote, this year, Meddlesome has produced 79 shows at 10 different venues. Next year, they plan to go even bigger. While continuing their high volume of shows, they want to offer more classes, and facilitate a network for improv performers who want to join teams, find coaches, and get stage time. You all are doing a lot right now, and it mm -hmm. looks like you're poised for growth. And as your name gets out there, more people are going to want to hop on the bus. <laughs> How do you anticipate balancing this growth, both professionally as an organization, but also personally? Yeah, that's a, a really good question. Because I think it's really easy to to get burned out or to take on too much, and then I think that's when things tend to fall through. So we've been trying to have those conversations because there's a lot that we're excited about and some of the things you mentioned in that quote right there. So as an organization, we are trying to make sure that we bring in the right people and that we are also having conversations with each other about what our dreams are and our ambitions are and also what our limits are. I think mm. it's really important that we have both of those conversations at the same time. So for us, I think we we know over the last year we've you know been doing a lot of the startup, and now that some of that startup is done, now we have some more space to put on classes, which mm -hmm. I'm really excited about. We have uh, two 
classes going up under the Middlesome Lab. So very much like our projects, people can also propose classes that they'd like to teach with us. So we're putting up two classes. One is a 101 type improv class for anyone who's looking to understand what improv is about, either as a creative performer or just wants to understand what improv is to become a better public speaker and incorporate that type of approach in their life. So we've got a 101 class going up taught by Ashley Melzer. And then we also have a um, sort of intermediate improv class um, taught by Dan DeSalva, who's a really fantastic improviser, came down from Chicago, and he's teaching a forms of improv class. Mm -hmm. And then we've got a couple others in the work talking with a couple other improvisers. So right now it's it's kind of focused on improv. There's kind of a space right now where we're wanting to create more more classes and definitely cultivate an improv community in the area. So that's a focus. And then also the sort of other piece to that is creating um, not a, an improv theater, but a, a really fun dynamic improv space where people can be on a team and perform regularly. So I believe announcements about that should be should be out by the time this is up. So if you go to thisismetalsome.com, you should be able to see how to get involved with that. So those are two big improv areas that we want to push forward. And then I think uh, there are a couple project ideas that we're pursuing. I mentioned the storytelling show is a big one for me that we're going to try and put on, and that's going to be a really Durham-focused project. And, and so I think from there, that kind of gets into personally, for me, how I balance some of the things. Mm -hmm. I do have a pretty demanding job, and then also running an organization in my, I won't call it spare time, because it's definitely not, um, not spare. I, I try and put my heart into both. And there, I think, again, it's having conversations with the people that I work with and with myself about, again, both my dreams, what I'm excited about, and my limits. Mm -hmm. And so for me, part of maintaining those boundaries is I, believe it or not, consider myself an introvert. I think there are actually probably a number of artists who also consider themselves introverts. So finding time to be alone for me mm -hmm. between all of the stuff that I want to do and making sure that I make space for that and communicate that to the people that I work with is really important. And also the Eno River is my friend. <laughs> <laughs> so those are my two sort of personal ways that I balance it. And I think what we want to do as a stakeholder board is build up capacity. Right now we're five or six, but I think it could get even larger so that we're all sharing responsibility and power so that if one of us has a year where they have a film that they're trying to make or a project that they're really individually passionate about, that they could step a little bit away pursue that individual ambition and project and then come back once they have a little bit more time and space. So that's the ultimate goal is to build the capacity and really shared structure so that we can all individually pursue our goals and then collectively pursue our goals as meddlesome. So mm -hmm. it's ambitious, but I think that we are on the road to that path. Are there particular types of projects that you're looking that you're looking for from the larger community when people fill out a project pro proposal form. Um, it seems like thus far you all have been working with projects that are fairly lean. So mm -hmm. they don't require an enormous set or you know seven months of filming or there you come in, you do the work, you move you move the work out of the space. Mm -hmm. um, is that what you're looking for? Or are you all really open? 
So that's a really good question. And I think it's probably a little bit of both. I think we have, those projects are obviously a little bit easier to put on and you can put them up a little bit more rapidly, but we're really open to all sorts of things. I think the number one thing that we're looking for is someone who is passionate about an idea that they have mm -hmm. and uh, a project that they wanna put on. So I, I would love to see us eventually put on a play or a show in that way. I think we could do, we have one podcast that we're producing right now and I would love to see a few more podcasts go up with that one. Mm -hmm. So I think it really is, I don't wanna limit it by saying, you know, we're looking for exactly this type of artist or this type of show. I think it's really, we're looking for someone who's passionate about the work that they wanna do and then we'll have that conversation about how do we do this? What mm -hmm. type of resources do we need? do we have the skills to help you put on this particular show? So I think I would err on the side of approach us with your wildest dreams and then we'll we'll talk about the realities of how to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Obviously passion is key. It seems that it would also be helpful for people to have a pretty well-defined project. Mm -hmm. So what is, what is the end date of this project? How does it look? So they're mm -hmm. not necessarily coming to you with some sort of fantasy, but something that they've thought through that that seems more in line with what you all, how you work, um, mm -hmm. so that when they come to you, they've already put in some energy and thought about what they want to do. Yeah, I think it helps to have those those not limits, but sort mm -hmm. of the the structure with which you're going to put something on. So I want to start out. I want to put on a season of a podcast, or I want to put up, you know two shows a month for the next three months gives you kind of a definitive goal to to work towards. I think this is probably part of my research background and in, in setting sort of uh, defined boundaries and having mm -hmm. bringing some sort of project management sort of things into the work that we're doing. So I think it does help to have those those definitive types of things set. But also, I know that that can be intimidating to people to, to come up with. So I sure. think... You know, like I said, I think usually the discussions and sort of filling out the project form happen about the same time. So I think we're open to having those conversations with people about, like, okay, what what are your goals? Do you have is this idea defined enough that that you could come up with some some targets of how many shows you'd want to produce or when you want to do it and all those types of little details. So it's a conversation as you know, it's not just a, a dry form that you fill out. Right, right. Did you win WIT? I did win WIT. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't want to mention, I but know. I do currently have the trophy in my apartment right now. So, And that's the game show. That is the game show. Uh, I will give a shout out to Alex James. He was my opponent. He works uh, at Playmakers. He's a very, very talented comedian. I was not at all sure that I was going to win against him, but I... Barely eked it out by one point, um, so it's fun. I get to decorate the trophy every winter. There's a, you know, a, I don't know, like a one foot tall trophy, two feet tall, and you get to add something to it and then bring it back to the next show. So on January 13th, I will unveil what I have done to the to the trophy. It's currently bedazzled and covered in feathers at the moment, so we'll see what I add to it. I noticed that you engaged in some friendly trash talk prior yes, to the... Yes, I did. <laughs> Those videos are online if you'd like to see them. Um, did you 
tell me how that worked, because now I'm really curious about mm -hmm. it. The game show, how, what is the setup? How did you win? So the game show is, it's an improv game show, so it's short form games, uh, a little bit like Whose Line Is It Anyway, if you've seen that type of mm -hmm. show. So uh, Greg has a, a format in games that he's really excited. One is PowerPoint karaoke. So <laughs> you go up on stage, Greg has a PowerPoint loaded that he got from SlideShare on the internet. Sometimes they're in a different language. And you kind of just cold start giving a presentation and then whatever presentation happens, you just make the slides coming up behind you work for you. So that was a super fun thing to do. I think I did a presentation on why someone should go to prom with me. And <laughs> the serendipity of the pictures that came up on the slides are uh, just sort of amazing how those things happen sometimes. So, um, so we kind of, you know, Alex and I did a did a run through with Greg beforehand, so we were familiar with all of the games. And then Alex and I are, are good friends. He actually, one of his coworkers who saw the videos came to him and said, are you and, are you and Rose okay? Do you, do you hate each other? We're like, oh, no, we're good this friends. This is love. <laughs> we changed a tire together on the side of the road a month back. So Alex and I are good friends, be rest assured. But I knew that because we're good friends that I could definitely poke him a right, little bit. Right. So some people had done that for past shows. And I really, um, Alex is just one of the, I, he should be a web star. So look for Alex James in the future as a web star. So I knew that if we did that sort of uh, volleying back and forth that he was really absolutely going to bring his game. So I would have to say if I gave a winner to those online videos, I would give it to Alex. You should definitely <laughs> check out some of the burns that he threw my way. Uh, but I also, so I was, I travel a little bit for work. So I was in Philadelphia. So I used my setting to my uh, advantage and gave him some revolutionary jabs from <laughs> the, the, from Philadelphia while I was there. Well done. Thank you very Congratulations. much. Congratulations. <laughs> what is this podcast that you all so, are talking about? Does it have a name? Yeah, it's called Clarified Better. It's one of the first projects that we put on. It is by a local storyteller and performer named Amy Allen. And Amy is, has a background in poetry and folklore. Hmm. And she... Uh, Often, um, she put on a project once where she wrote a lot of food poetry. So she has, I think, a lot of passion about the South and Southern folklore and food and storytelling and humor. So she kind of blended all of those things together. And we'll talk with people, sometimes chefs, sometimes people who just have um, a connection or uh sort of share similar passions with her about food and storytelling. And we'll talk to them about their lives um, through the connection of, of food and, and shared meals and talking about what food means in our lives and kind of using that as an entry point to talk to people about, about their lives and kind of dig into the funny, humorous, heartwarming stories that people have. Hmm. So I think there are two seasons so far and, and more to come. So that's, I am a huge fan of that podcast. So I recommend that everybody check it out. Oh, I can't wait to check it out too. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. Rose, thank you for thank this, you. this wonderful really conversation. Fun. I'm so excited about the work that you all are doing, and I can't wait to see what's coming in 2018. Yeah, I'm excited to hear more of the artists that are going to come on the podcast. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Special thanks to Shadowbox Studio in Durham, North Carolina, where we are recording today. Check out their website, shadowboxstudio.org. 
Artist Soapbox is a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to get on the Soapbox, see our Patreon page, www.patreon.com slash artist soapbox. For more information about today and lots of good links, please go to artistsoapbox.org. And we're out. Thank you.